Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros. The show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. You got to keep going. <laughs> got to power through it. I'm just going to power through it. Shouts to Combat Jack. It's your boy, DJ Benjamin, a.k.a. Robbing the Black Boy Wonder, a.k.a. Arsenio Holodeck, a.k.a. the Anti-Tripe Equation, a.k.a. Blackish Bolt, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ here on the spaceship tonight for all nerds, the multicultural maestros. And as always, I am joined by... Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship, Chance the Parapper, Colleen Wingstop, Deuce Piccolo, Sean Jean, Luke Picard, the Black Russian, the Black Rogue, and Ivan Yayo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's real smooth when you're reading off that thing. Though. Why do you... <laughs> <laughs> you mad because you stuttered in the beginning. You mad. I might be a little mad. I might be a little upset you're about that. You mad because I'm resourceful. It's all right. <laughs> there it is. Drake of the Blurred World. Hey, man. <laughs> and yes, like you heard in our harmonizing intro, that's right. Returning before you ever thought it was possible, before I thought it was possible, my co-host is back. The Chico Leo, aka Luke Beige, aka Afro Cheeks. Keep going. AKA Wholesaler Moon. Yes. Oh <laughs> all right. that's all I got. That's it, but you are back. Welcome back, Chico, again. That's right, back in black. Back in black. You know, I thought we'd have to wait till the fifth anniversary to see you again, but here you are. Uh, you know, I, I pop up. You yeah, know. you do. You know, you're on like screen. Like a bad check. Squad. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm still on. Like a bad check. Oh, <laughs> catch that. Yeah. I'm still in the Fan Bros family. Yes, you are always. Though. You are an original. You know, one of the three amigos yourself. That's right. Three amigos. It should be just three amigos, right? Yeah. Migos. Yeah, three Migos. Mm. Yeah, you know, however that works out. But anyway, like I said, this is Fan Bros Show. And tonight, you know, joining us, just kicking it in the spaceship tonight, you know, we have, you know, just go on ahead and introduce yourself. I, I, I don't think I can do it near as well as you can. This is April Rain, a.k.a. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I got nothing. No, I got nothing. I nobody told me I could have worked something up, but it's fine. It's just me. I'm here hanging out with the crew. AKA Rain of April. Okay. Yeah, there we go. You know, you can flip it and bounce it. You know, well, you know, we just had a full spaceship tonight. It's a party. It's a party. You know, I hope everyone is having a good time. You saw that. You heard that, Tatiana. I Real caught smooth. the wave late, but I caught it. Yeah, you caught it. All right. Yeah. You know, I hope everyone's having a great time out there. You know, real quick, man, I just want to give a big shout out because today was a crazy day for a lot of people in media. I want to give a big shout out to everybody at ESPN. They had a whole hell of a lot of layoffs. It was really... What happened? I mean, it was ESPN laid off like 100 of their employees today from journalists, behind the scenes to... People were on camera. I mean, just all kind of layoffs. Like, I was watching, before I came into the spaceship, I was watching uh, Sports Center, the six with uh, Michael and Jamel. And they started the first 15 minutes of the show on a real somber note. Like, they just sat there and talked about the layoffs and everything that's happening with ESPN. Wow. And how ESPN is facing these problems because of digital, you know, the digital world popping up. And also because ESPN spent a lot of money buying up a lot of, like, college football 
rights and stuff like that. So they outlaid a lot of money, and the money isn't coming back as quick. So they had to do, you know, what they had to Look do. Look like today. real life cars and Bleacher Reports taking over, huh? Yeah, like mm. I mean, you know, the digital world is definitely making its mark and mm. really going hard on them. I mean, Bleacher Report moved into new offices and it's popping, and you know, ESPN is doing what they can. And I think the six, you know, where Michael and them are, is incredible. Like yeah. it's it's such a great show, and they're doing such a great job. But I just really want to give them a shout because they were talking about something how people today are hitting them and blowing up their Twitter, like, "Oh, well, we wish you'd been part of the layoffs. You know, you should have gotten fired." And it's like, you know, we deal with a little stuff here at the show. You know, every yeah. now and again, people are like, "Oh, well, I wish Ben Amin wasn't on the show and Tatiana was the nah, host." I hate her. You know, yeah. I, or Tatiana sucks. You know, yeah. Chico should be the host. You know. Yeah. And we deal with all these things, but, you know, we're not really, like, in that position where our lives are depending on this show. Right. You know, we're just doing this because we do it and because we love it and we love all y'all. But people are like them, you know, that's their livelihood. Like, this is their only source of income. So when you're, like, wishing on somebody to get fired, that's some real ill. Like, yeah. you really got to. But Michael made a real ill point that I really loved when he's like, they don't look at us as humans. We're just entertainment to them. Mm. You know, so it's like he can't be mad at them saying, Yo, you know, why don't they get fired? Because it's just like when they want a coach to get fired, you know, or like when we're okay. like, you know, uh, what's the name? Snyder shouldn't do any more, you know, Superman films. Okay. But that, I don't really think that Snyder shouldn't do films. I just think he shouldn't do Superman anymore. <laughs> I think he shouldn't do films. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, you know, he's got his money either way. Hopefully he saved it. But, you know, he's and he's still going to make films. Whether or not we say he shouldn't make them, you know, that man is going to keep on making his films because his films are making that money. I get you. But so, Stephen A. Smith was trending earlier today on uh -oh. Twitter because people wanted him to be fired <laughs> and he was not. So just going to your point, you know. Stephen I don't think Michael and them were trending. never be fired, okay? No, no. As long as you say fire him, he will never be fired. Yeah, I was okay? watching. It was so funny because right after this whole somber, you know, like intro, they go to a Stephen A. Smith commercial where he is demanding that Phil Jackson be fired. Yeah, just wow. and wow. I just gotta give a big shout out to Stephen A. because his on-screen game is so perfection. It's like, crisp. like it's so like you know whether you like him or not, he is straight. You know, he gives you that. I'm Stephen A. Smith. Blah, blah, blah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the accuracy. <laughs> and he gives you that every day and night. There's like, you know, he never lets up. It's like, you know, you sell, he sells his brand very well. Mm. And yeah. he is consistent in it. Cons what we talk about, consistency, I, I don't know if it's authentic, but it's authentic to Ooh. him. Well. You know, it's definitely authentic to him. Like, he does like not McDonald's. Change. It's consistent and authentic like McDonald's. Hey, <laughs> hey, a hamburger from McDonald's does not decompose, okay? It stays forever. So. That's consistency, all consistency right. Consistency at its finest. But authentic? Uh, it's authentic to McDonald's brand. Okay. Just like Stephen A. Smith is authentic to the Stephen A. Smith brand. I guess that's true. Blah, blah, blah. Right. I mean, but, but right. one of the, one I was of the issues I was trying was... to comment on the authenticity I, I of Stephen you. A. Smith and McDonald's. I got you. Not being very... I got you. I mean, one of the issues, though, is that some of the people that were laid off live in Connecticut, right? Because that was where ESPN yeah. headquarters are. And so for those folks who have families, they may need to move, mm. right? Because there yes. aren't a lot of non-ESPN media or sports-related opportunities there. So, it, I mean, it could be a, a huge shakeup for to, a lot of those folks. They could go to WWE. I was going to say, isn't the wrestling uh, over there? WWE is yeah. headquartered in uh, Stanford. So, right. But if you've been doing hockey for 15 years... <laughs> 
Don't do that. Don't put that out in the universe. True, true indeed. True indeed. WWE needs to stand strong because we need Slam Bros to keep reporting on them. Okay. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Don't there talk about go. Vince McMahon. Don't, oh, don't no, talk you dirty know, on you know, that man. You know me. I love Vince McMahon. You know, <laughs> I look, look, I am... Like, we, like, back to blah, blah, blah. You know, you want to talk about a man who sells his brand? It's Vince McMahon. Listen, just that gift of him walking in. Oh, my, yo. Like, if I could walk into every room, like, Vince McMahon walks into the You need to do that. Room. You oh. need to commit April, to that. April, who's your favorite wrestler? Or, or in the past or, or now? Okay, so I'm going to date myself, but I, I don't, I haven't, I mean, I'm going to say The Rock, period. Okay. Just because. Mm -hmm. But way back in the day when I used to watch, now this was back in the 80s, The Von Eric Boys. Wow. Right. Carrie um. and Keith. No, no, no. This is before your time. I'm sure you were like uh, an embryo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but there were there were like three or four of them, but they, the whole family was involved. But I got to go with The Rock now. Mm -hmm. And then The Rock has a fine ass cousin, right? Who? Who? Is it, doesn't he have? He does, girl. Let me find out. Oh, easy. <laughs> easy. Bring it down. Bring it down. I thought he did. Because his father was a wrestler, too, yep. right? Yes. So yes. His whole family. Right. Oh, you're talking about Roman Reigns. That's who you're talking yes. about. That's his cousin? It's yeah. like it's like second. Tamina, yeah. all, you know how everybody cousins. Yeah, basically. WWE. Yeah. So you talking about Roman Reigns? He is fine, but he he boo that man oh, okay. <laughs> as a wrestler. But hey. again, I don't watch, but uh, yeah, I'll go with The Rock because that's easy. Oh, more, right. more sad news today. Yeah, definitely some other sad news today that we you know it's like we're starting off the show. I mean, it's that it's sad, but it's also you know the man lived a great life and did a lot of great things. Shout out to Jonathan Demi. Yeah. The director of Silence of the Lambs. And a lot of other I mean, stuff. a lot of yeah. stuff. Married to the Mob. Philadelphia. 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 Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. I mean, that's what's so crazy. Something wild. Yeah. Yes. He just, he and he, he defined like the concert movie with that Talking Heads one, uh, Stop Making Sense. Tell him, Chico. He, uh, yeah, no. He and he, he worked a lot. He, he did shit in every genre. Like, Silence of the Lambs was his only horror movie. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, if you consider that a horror movie. But it damn sure is. Yeah. yeah. So, you know. Listen, <laughs> anybody that can pull that out of Anthony Hopkins has to be a genius because that move to this day, you know, you hear him making that noise when he sucks his. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have problems. You and I have to step outside now. But, but let's talk about he also did, Jonathan Demi also did TV. So, for mm -hmm. example, Turns. he he um, directed the episode, this week's episode of Shots Fired that aired this tonight. This that aired tonight. Wow. Yes. This week's yes. Wow. So shout out to Gina Prince wow. Bythewood. Wow. Yes. Um, and Rock Bythewood, who are the creators of the show. But yes. yeah, the the timing there is is crazy. That's 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 crazy. I did not know that. Mm. No, I mean like, like I think he also yeah I think he also did a lot of stuff for Haiti. I think he like he made a documentary and he and yeah he he was involved um in raising money and stuff like that. Like he. He was down for social causes. I know when there was a there was a backlash in Silence of the Lambs from the gay community, he didn't like act the way a lot of people like he mm. actually sat down, he listened to people, he apologized. Mm. And then he, he made Philadelphia. Like and he then he learned. and then he made Philadelphia. Yeah. Exactly. So um, mm. you know, it's sort of like what's his face? Wow. Chris Pratt last week, who yeah. made like a, you know, yeah ridiculous you know kind of, oh, hollywood doesn't make movies about blue collar people you know like whatever and then he came out the next day and was like all right that was stupid i'm gonna own it i'm sorry 
And that's all you got to do that's, most of the time. That's all you got to do, and they never get And Jonathan that. Demme did that, and, you know. Um, and uh, I mean, that's crazy. Like you said, that Silence of the Lambs. Just, Silence of the Lambs was, from, was a movie for years I would not watch, just because I kept hearing about, you know, how crazy it was. And it's not even Anthony Hopkins in that movie. It's the real killer who is the most horrifying thing to me. Like, it puts the lotion on it, like... I, I I can't even finish the sentence because it's just like ah, die 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 you evil bastard yeah. die and you know what his hair was oh sh- die die <laughs> you die. are scaring the crap out of him I hate oh I Sorry. hate that between bastard. that and it you have an issue you have a serious Fuck issue that <laughs> yes yeah, so something wild was the first time I ever saw Ray Liotta. Oh, that uh, the the Jonathan Demme movie. Like basically, yeah. when I think of Ray Liotta, all I think of is that and Goodfellas. I mean, it's of like, course, you, you know, got to think of Goodfellas. Absolutely, yeah. but something wild was before that. Nice. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, he directed a lot of movies, and he was supposedly like you know one of these all around good guys in Hollywood, whereas most of these people are you know not so good. Right. Yeah. yeah. To, he to, also did the Manchurian Candidate with Denzel. With Denzel. Oh, yep. that was that's a good remake. And he did Beloved. Oh, that's right. That's wow. what I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah, he did Beloved. Wow. So, so yeah. Power. yeah. Yeah, like, for real. I mean, for real, for real. Like, yeah. I mean, you, you did great work. You know, you will be always for, remembered for that. So, wow, that's crazy. All right. And other crazy news, though, like the responses, Tatiana. Ooh, we have gotten a deluge of responses, but that is not a bad thing. That is all the good things. We had put out our... Our, I don't want to say our, our quarterly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> announcement, monthly, monthly <laughs> announcement for help. But uh, uh, again, we had reached out to everyone who listens to the Fanbro podcast and otherwise just to tell you that we're looking for everyone in the creative space, whether you're a writer, whether you're an artist, whether you're a videographer, whether you like to paint, like whatever you make like beats, to do, sing, make beats, rap. whatever. We actually want your mixtape. So if you if you want to be with uh, the Fan Bros show crew, if you want to help us expand this brand, build with us, if you want to get some more experience with us, hit us up, contact at fanbros.com. You can let us know exactly what you want to do. I may respond to you personally and ask you for some more information, but we're looking for everyone who wants to help us build out Fanbro Show to be greater and better than ever before. As you know, we're all about for all nerds, so we want for all nerds here. Word up. And also, like, I saw some people on Twitter this week talking about, like, yo, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. Me neither. Do not limit yourself. Do not pre uh, screen yourself like we're not pre-screening you guys like oh well you know unless you wear blue shirts we ain't trying to rock with you like no come to us regardless of whether you think you may or may not be a great fit you never know that's the beauty of fan bro show everyone has their own unique perspective their own unique strengths and we want to see what you can bring to the table so regardless of if you think you're a great fit if you have something to offer up hit us up let us know if we can't find some space for you right away, we'll figure out something. And like I had said last week, even if you don't work directly with us, we may get you in touch with other people to help expand your personal brand. We may help give you opportunities with other groups. April Rain is here. You may do something where you may need to help her with her projects. You never know. Mm-hmm. Shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. Always, always shoot that shot. And thank you to again to everyone who did shoot that shot, who sent it in. We've been reviewing everybody. It's been great. Anything out there that you feel you can help us with, we're always looking for more people to help our social media accounts, visuals, audio, anything that you do that's dope. 
we're looking to make this, you know, a unified mission and expand and show other people how to get to this level and even to the next level beyond us. So, you know, hit us up, contact at fanbros.com. Hit us on the Twitter at fanbros show. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more fanbros. Hey, yo, Internet, it's Kim Sonian, the ghost producer of the Fanbro Show, right here with my man Don Will. Yup. And we need you to rate, subscribe, and comment on our iTunes page, our SoundCloud page, and of course, check out fanbros.com. For what, Don Will? What do they need to check out? For all the hottest updates in geek culture. What? I over-enunciated for diction and clarity. Bang. Definitely listen, take a look, let us know what you think. Make sure you do that and go check the movie this weekend in theaters. Go do it, support black film. Like Tatiana said, it's an original take on superheroes, on street magic. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about with the director and the star, it also has some issues dealing with fatherhood, being a black father. It's a lot going on in this movie. Great debut. Go check it out. It's in theaters this weekend. And listen to this interview and find out more. And welcome back, fan bros. This is your boy, DJ Ben Amin. I know you've been enjoying this episode, but we're about to turn it up in here. Mm-hmm. We are here with the stars of Slate, the new movie. That Slide. 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 I fucked that up. See Slide. what I mean? I do that every time. You know what I mean? You did this with Dulé. Yeah. And, and we I... sat here and had a conversation <laughs> with Dulé. A terrible conversation with He made you say it very Hill. slowly three very times, Very slowly, remember? three times, okay. and I still do it every time. Okay. <laughs> All right, Tatiana, why don't you just tell them what we're here to do today? We're here to interview J.D. Diller, the writer-director of Slight and also Jacob Lattimore, the star of Slight, also yeah. known as Bo. Bo. Thank you yeah. very much for being here. First off, we did see the movie yesterday. Awesome. Love it. And we had a lot of questions about the movie. Um, I told you yesterday that you basically were, um, well, I'm not going to give it away. I'll, t- I'll yeah. do that later. That, that gives away the story. But yeah, yeah. to kind of riff off that, the story itself, it, it is a sleight of hand. Like, mm-hmm. We came in thinking something totally different. Like we're like, oh, this guy has superpowers. He's yeah. an alien, whatever the case may be. And then you flip the script on everyone yeah. in multiple different ways. So just that whole process, particularly, and and you can both jump in, but particularly you, JD, that process uh-huh. of getting that story together. And obviously, you have the background of magic as well. But can yeah. you tell us a little bit more about how that story came? Yeah, I mean, I think you know we've kind of seen the black kid selling drugs a thousand yeah. times, and right. even looking at 
you know, how we wanted to introduce Bo, just kind of showing that this is something that could happen to anybody, right. um, you know, and that's why, like, we, we made sure it was very clear that Bo had a bright future and that he, you know, had an engineering mind and a scholarship and all of these things going for him. But, you know, when sort of life hit the fan, you know, because of those circumstances, he had to improvise and he had to, like, sort of do things he didn't really want to do to take care of the people that he cared about. And just really sell and show that, like, that really can happen to any of us. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, <laughs> selling drugs is, like, not something that only happens in the ghetto. It's not something that only happens to, like, young black men. And even though Bo is that, you know, I think we wanted to just have, like, an empathetic way in so you could see that, like, yeah, this isn't necessarily a product of the environment all the time. Like, if, if you or I needed 25 grand tomorrow, there are very few things we could do that are legal. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm -mm. And then what, Jacob, what drew you to that character? I think um, it, it had a really great balance of like fantasy and reality. I think um, that's what really drew me, drew me to the script. I felt like I could relate to Bo, and I felt like okay. Bo was a real, real kid, you know. Um, and but with the uh, with the sleight of hand and the, and the magic and you know the um, the origin of you know who Bo may become uh, really intrigued me so I, I really wanted to to dive into something like that as an actor you always want to try different things and you want to you know you, get, you read a bunch of scripts you know every day you know agents are sending you numbers of scripts but you know you look for those scripts that really stand out mm -hmm. and are really out the box and uh, I really felt JD was doing something um, incredible uh, with, with the script so I, I definitely wanted to be a part of it and, and have fun with it. Now that's one thing, your character goes to some very dark places in the movie. Yeah. But he's also someone that we can relate to, like as a human being. So how did you approach making him that? And how did you approach writing that so that because he does do some really <laughs> evil things. <laughs> you know? It's not his fault. Yeah. It's not his fault. Yeah, I mean situations occur. Yeah. And he's yeah. caught up in them. I think I didn't I didn't really think about it that hard. I didn't try to get caught up into the um the fantasy world of it. I just sort of tried to make Bo as human as possible, mm. you know, um, you know, and, and, and I think that was sort of what was going to make the film work. I feel like if it was, if it was too much of, you know, if it was too marvelly the way I was portraying Bo, I think it would have, mm -hmm. I don't think we would have really captured what we captured. I think Bo had to be real, relatable in a yeah. way. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the, the human side of Bo, he had to be, he had to be um, subtle, and you know I, the way I had to to play it was uh, that's that's the way I approached it. I didn't um, try to overdo it. And I think with some of the darker stuff, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that these environments are hard, and that there still is like some loss of innocence as mm. he's sort of trying to straddle the line. You know, I think there would have been something a little inauthentic about his journey if he never really had to face real consequences. So. You know, I think just inviting that into the movie at least made it for, for uh, Alex, my co-writer, and I, like, made it a little bit more dramatic and a little bit more interesting to actually see him navigate, you know, these sort of, like, points of no return. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, if some of those moments that you're talking about uh, weren't there, uh, <laughs> you know, he kind of, it just, it's, he kind of, like, gets through it scot-free, which is, you know, I think you really want to test the character and you really want to yeah. push them to those limits to see, you know, which really kind of the this film. I'm trying to build something. In every corner I turn, there's another piece of shit who thinks they can just fuck me over. You did it behind my back. You did it to my face. 
So let's make this an example, not for you, but for the next motherfucker who thinks it's a good idea to fuck with Angelo. Oh. both this writing and acting wise you pushed him to a breaking point mentally too because yeah. the stuff he goes through in that movie is just things that not a normal person would normally go through and the things yeah. he's forced to do and i'm curious obviously after the fact but i'm curious as to how that's going to change him as a person because we don't really see that we kind of see the end and yeah. we go from there but it's just like what happens next like how is this character going to grow or maybe even get worse yeah i mean i think you know if we are to look at what where Bo would go after this? Yeah. I mean, I, I I definitely think he would kind of be in this like never that again mentality, mm. um, and just know that basically he, he did get pushed so far that he's not even gonna like play with that anymore. Uh, and if he did need help, like that's just never gonna be the way to get it again. Yeah. Um, but you know, on sort of the superhero origin side of things, which you know we never really thought of when making it, but people talk about it. You know, it's like yeah. been in the trailers and been in reviews. I immediately and thought that, uh, yeah. but it's, it was kind of a funny thing to realize that we had done. Um, but you know, and looking at where the story would continue, there's certainly space to see where that goes. Yeah. You know, Bo is only sort of coming online as this type of person that he is by the end of the movie. And you know, if we ever jumped back into slight, like that's that's sort of where we would start to. Uh, that's where we would start. Yeah. You both talked about superheroes. Obviously, there is kind of the, fan the fantasy element of it. And then you also have somewhat of a background with Star Wars. So I was mm -hmm. wondering, well, how did any Star Wars influence, because you worked with J.J. Abrams, I wonder how did any of that Star Wars influence kind of hit on screen? I mean, obviously, the things of the ideas of the Force and, yep. and having some type of innate power. Mm -hmm. Did any of that, whether it was from you personally, like you were thinking about well, how superheroes work, or even you when you wrote it, like, did any of that come into play? I mean, visually, there are a couple of things that we played with just to sort yeah. of make nods to Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bo throwing his hood up in the very end, like walking up to uh, Angela's house is very like Luke Skywalker outside of uh, Jabba's palace. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so, you know, we d there definitely were like some key moments where we're like, yeah. okay, let's, let's take the Jedi with the hood up and translate that into a black kid in the hoodie, which, you know, mm -hmm. is like, an image that right now is like both victimized and vilified Absolutely. and let's like turn it into this like kind of cool let's just like shift the cultural iconography for these scenes and make a black in the hoodie the hero so um but that was really that sort of that final sequence is really you know any sort of star wars influence or love for my own childhood we, we sort of jammed in there Cool, cool. What about you, Jacob? Did you have any of that influence in your head when um, you were thinking when I you think, were shooting? Um, I mean, it was definitely fun, like stopping bullets and. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> I think that was like the, the the fun part of it. That's where I got to really, uh, you know, go into a, a different world mentally of just, you know, just like this is this is this is amazing, you know. So this is and what's always tough about that stuff is that yeah. it it doesn't look as cool on set? No. I think I almost I almost kinda got scared when I seen the trailer. I was like, oh shit, like yo, like, yo, that's what we did. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, and like you look well, at like, and even like directing actors through that and you being in that, you know, obviously in that sequence, that it it requires like a lot of trust from your actor to like I like, trust me, this will be cool. Like, mm -hmm. I know 
there's like strings holding the shit and you know, <laughs> sticks and like it's just <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's uh, a dinosaur look yeah. up so you know there is a little bit of like a literally like a six foot four guy pulling Jacob on rope <laughs> so that, so oh, that's that's like the yeah. okay. people like <laughs> Look like some excerpt from Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, <laughs> oh no! no. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it in Beverly Hills. Yeah, in Beverly Hills. So, you know, it definitely requires a little bit of, uh, I think, you know, faith on the actor's side to, to sort of get through those because you know there are some moments, and I feel like especially with genre, mm-hmm. where there is a little bit of like just trust me as the director. Like, hopefully, this will translate into what we need and. Uh, you know, any edit, and once visual effects are applied, but on set, yeah, it doesn't look that cool. <laughs> now, some of the, you were talking about how, you know, this film deals with fantasy elements and science fiction and everything, but some of the really real world stuff that it deals with is like abandonment mm-hmm. and abuse yeah. and, you know, other real topics. Like, what made you choose to put those in and, like, were they helping the story? Like, how did you feel that they brought the story along? Well, my co-writer Alex and I, like our approach to any sort of genre is character first, mm-hmm. um, which seems kind of obvious or like seems like it would be obvious, but I feel like in a lot of the movies that we love, that's actually not what's first. It's like the, the big idea might be first, the world might be first, or even like the um, like the intellectual property might be first, but we really wanted to make sure that if you took all the magic out of the movie, that there still was like a really convincing story. Yeah. Um, and if we took the science fiction out, there was really a convincing story. And, you know, ultimately, you know, you have a kid who's trying to take care of his little sister, sort of running into a girl who, you know, comes with her own baggage and comes with her own problems. And then just making sure that it's a story where it's not like, you know, boy saves girl and fixes mm-hmm. all her problems for her, but they kind of like meet each other halfway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they they both are sort of just like conduits to getting the other person to realize that they are... In control, more in control than they think they are of the situation. As you can see, there's no string at all. Alright. What's your name? Uh, Holly. You can grab it, Holly. How did you do that? us just makes it a little fresher than it being a very traditional like damsel in distress which you know I think we stumbled into like a first draft of that where like this is not right like that she needs she needs her power and he needs his power and then they will meet in the middle (laughs) thank Um, you for doing that uh, so um you know so we just wanted to make sure that the 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 story worked first and then it just became an issue of like spinning plates like okay let's check in on the magic let's spin that like let's check in on the science fiction we'll spin that let's check in on the family story let's check in on the Bo Holly story there was like a couple of things to play with um, but you know we wanted to make sure that at the very least like the story between the family and the story between Bo and Holly worked and then everything else was secondary. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I really like. One of the things I really liked about, especially Bo and Holly's relationship and how you portrayed it, was that they, I mean, they're very young, but they come off in a very adult relationship manner. Like, when she yeah. goes over his house, you know, she's like, oh, I'll stay here and wait. And if she, he comes home, she's like, you know, yeah, we well, see, we can sleep in the same bed, whatever. We see that like, they're, yeah. 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 they're very independent. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. we, we, kind of, we, we witnessed Bo's independency sort of like really 
you know, first thing on the script. You know what I mean? We we see that, you know, his he's sort of the man of the house now. Mm -hmm. You know, with uh, taking care of his the only string in his family he has, and then you know, we really see like how far he goes to protect. You know what the only thing he has, which is which is his little sister, and uh, I think that's that. Those were the things that just really I could really relate to with Bo. You know, so I think that was like really really incredible. That was dope. And it was also like you like you said, you also have the element of him being a single father, even though he's not a father, you know, it's his yeah. little sister, but yeah. it might as well be yeah, him being well. a single father. So yeah. he has to grow up so fast. So that was very dope how you brought all that in. Very but cool. what inspired you to, you know, write that into the script? I mean, I, I think part of it, like we were saying before, is just playing with something like playing with the type of character we've seen on television, we've mm. seen in movies, but adding just a different way in. So, you know, because we have seen this sort of single like the the you know the kids without parents like mm -hmm. the young black men without like fathers or sometimes even mothers in their lives and what does that look like uh so i think we want, wanted to sort of at face value like show that person but then deconstruct it and sort of build it with new pieces uh just so i think the audience can see that like there are so many ways to this end result not just like what the news will try to show you or not just what like you know like popular television will try to sell you on but this could happen to anybody. Uh, so, and then again, with these genre movies for us being character first, story first, we just thought that like, okay, well there, there very naturally is like a relationship between like street magic and crime. Like they oh, yeah. require deceit and some sort of savviness and like that intersection makes a bit of sense. So in thinking about, okay, we want to like this guy. Uh, why is he doing this? How did he get here? You know, that's the beautiful thing about Dulé playing Angelo. Like, I think, you know, it's so unlike any role he's played, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. what was important about having someone like that as opposed to, you know, someone who's played a thug a thousand times in a movie mm -hmm. is that, you know, we know Bo's a smart kid, and I think you want to understand, like, the, the seduction. Like, you get how... Bo would run into Angelo and like this guy's kind of chill and like just hanging out and yeah. doesn't seem scary. Right. Uh, yeah. But we're kind of meeting Bo and Angelo as Angelo's taking a turn into some darker things as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, Bo's too smart to have just like started rolling up in a gang. Uh, yeah, and he had a plan. Yeah. But everyone has a plan yeah. until they get punched in the mouth. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I want, I'm curious, just what other aspect of geek culture are you both into? I think I'm sort of diving into it. I think uh, for me, I'm still sort of, I, I like this film and like other films I'm doing now. I just sort of like, I think I'm I'm starting to be into more books and mm. uh, yeah. you know, sort of like you're reading, just sort of. Yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm learning from each script I I, I read. You know, yeah. so mm -hmm. I just sort of, uh, I think I'm still sort of diving into it, honestly. Yeah, and I'm full blown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so you're yeah. talking video games, comic books, yeah. anime, oh, all we that. Can go, I mean. we, can go, we can go video games. I play way, considering all the things going on right now, I still play video games way too much. Uh, actually, having, I can't remember the last time I played video games. If I do play video games, it's definitely a Call of Duty or like yeah. a. Uh, I used to I used to kind of be into those CSI games. Uh, they, it's like the investigative crime games. Oh no way! Yeah, you find like <laughs> evidence. And, like, oh wow! Yeah, it's like 
Those are kind of geeky. Yeah. That, that works. That's super geeky. Yeah. That works. I was in a spied year when I was younger. I don't know if that See, was. See, now spied year. Wow. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that stuff was cool. That stuff was cool. Like, I still, like, if someone gave me like a kit right now. Like the little cars with the cameras on you rolling totally. inside like, another you room. Totally. put things on, like, your eye with something. You really thought you were doing something with those. Yeah, exactly. I would straight buy that right now. Yeah, like, they sell it. You want to go? Yeah. Go to the spy store. Just buy some spy gear. Let's go on the street and promote the movie. Is this about spies? Like, not at all. <laughs> but, uh, you also do have a slight comic book coming out. So yeah, we have a, uh, speaking of uh, other stuff in the dork, not dork, because it's not dork. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, yeah. geek or nerd is cool. Yeah. Or blurred. I'm a, sorry, I'm a dork. So we do have a comic book that comes out soon that, you know, sort of acts a little bit as a, uh, a prequel. So... We play a little bit with, um, you know, how Bo got into the world that we sort of meet him in in the movie, uh, and then also uh, sort of the science fiction component. We we sort of show its origin um, and how he how he wound up using what he uses in the film. So uh, it's a really cool piece, and we work with some really great people pulling it together. Yeah. But uh, it's just like a one off that that you know I think acts as just a little bit of a kick into the movie. Oh, so it was right before. Okay, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. And I know you have uh, Rob Guillory doing the art. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, from True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Chew is so good. Yeah, uh, one of the best. Well, it's so funny because when, you know, Blumhouse told us that we were going to be able to do a comic, you know, I, my first thought was like one of my good friends writes a lot of comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and was I was like, are they going to let him do it? And then I sent them his like credits. I'm like, oh my God, will he do it? I was like, oh, cool. Glad that's the reaction. Yeah. So my buddy Ryan Parrott, uh, ended up writing it, and then they hit me up, and they were like, "Yeah, we got this guy Rob." And I was like, <laughs> "What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I have a poster of him." Uh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Uh, but the comic's beautiful, and Rob did such a cool, cool yeah. job. Yeah, Rob is so good. Yeah. All right. So, um, what advice would you give the people who are up and coming? Because I know you're also a musician. Mm-hmm. You know, you you started out as like an assistant, and you yep. worked your way up. You were writer director, getting your stuff. You know signed right out of Sundance, like, people start in every different place, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and and stuff, sometimes it's not even related. So what advice would you give to other up-and-coming artists, whether they're writers or directors or anything? Um, I would say, I mean, relationships are, are like, number one, I think, building relationships and, and um, networking and, you know, finding events to, to be around people who have the same ambitions and, and dreams as, as you do. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, it's I, I tell people all, all the time, it's not really a a blueprint to how to get into the industry now. You know, it's like you so it's like football. You like you kinda grab the ball and you like see what holes are open and you just try yeah. to like, you know, you know, find your way in. And uh, I think that's like sort of the key of the relationships are probably like the number one thing I could say and and, and for, you know, consistency, working on it every day, a workaholic. You know, you gotta be on it, you gotta be reading reading, researching. Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to be an actor, you have to you have to study the greats. You have to you study directors. I'm still I'm still doing that today. You know, sometimes we're like, I'm like, who's who, who's that director? Like, you you don't know that director? I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> then, but I, I've seen so many of their work, and you, know, you kind of got to do the behind the scenes research where you you see the face of the movies, but you want to see the people that are actually making the plays. And, mm-hmm. You know, and that's um that's the the kind of the homework you need to do as a as an actor and 
to and, and if you want to be a producer and a writer, you want to you want to do your homework on those on those people. Yeah, I would say on the writing directing side, you just got to make stuff. Like uh, nothing has done more work for me professionally than making something, um, and it's easy to. You know, and I think it's taking exactly what Jacob said, like the research and everything. And then, you know, from the perspective of a writer, you got to eventually turn that into something. You know, you got to take that research and sort of synthesize it and distill it and then make something that uses all that research and reading that you that you did. Um, but, you know, Alex, my writing partner and I, like we sw we were swinging for jobs for years uh, on sort of the studio writing side. Um, and then, you know took a break for a second and then came back and wrote Slight and Slight became Slight. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think just making something that you care about, making something that has like a beating heart to it, uh, that helps people identify like who you are and the things that you're interested in. Um, so yeah, I think making stuff is, the, the, that's certainly the, uh, uh, that helps. Definitely. Thank you guys. Um, all right, well, you survived the interview segment of Fanbro's show. <laughs> we survived. But now we have the rap segment, our rapid-fire questions. So are you ready? Cool. Oh, yeah. All right. All right, we're going to run through these quick. How does this, how, are you, are you yes. pointing them at somebody? So we're going to name two choices, and both of you have to pick one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Number one, Falcon or War Machine? Do you even know who that is? <laughs> <laughs> War Machine. Right. I'm just going to With confidence. <laughs> Follow me, man. <laughs> um, Luke Cage or Black Panther? Black Panther. Black Panther. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Star Wars. The Wire or Breaking Bad? Ooh. I'm going to still definitely go to the Breaking Wire. Bad. I'm really? Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'm thinking, I don't trust you. <laughs> Maybe because I haven't, wa I haven't watched, I haven't watched the full series. Okay. Oh, oh. I've watched, I've watched, I've watched, watched a lot of Omar scenes. Okay, that's, that's good. Okay. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Magneto or Professor X? I would go. I mean, for slight, I gotta go Magneto. You got to right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. Got... There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we got Mad Negro over yeah, here. Mad like... <laughs> They're gonna figure out what that means later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Dave Chappelle or Kevin Hart? Dave. Oh God! In a movie with Kevin. Better answer this right. He might be on our show. Better answer this right. I mean, Dave. Dave, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's like, that's gonna hurt. Yeah. Gonna hurt. He gonna, Somebody gonna call he you. Ain't, he ain't gonna put me in his next movie. Man. Don't yeah. let him listen to this. <laughs> Yeah, edit that out. <laughs> JD only answered. <laughs> okay, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Um, teleport. Flight. What's your favorite Wesley Snipes film? Blade. Yeah, I think Michael Blade too. <laughs> Blade, good yeah. one. Good one. Okay, and last one in any medium—book, TV, film, comics, whatever. Video games. What character's death hurt you the most? Ooh, Ooh um, Walking Dead, Glenn. Oh, oh my God. God, that was so brutal. Yeah. I was ready. I was ready to go. I was ready to call the producers. Like, you know, what, what, what's your problem? Like, what, like, why did you ever do that? 
Like he, you know, he got. Who the, hurt you? Like, you know, he got the sauce. Like, <laughs> you know, he got the sauce. Too much sauce. Too much. Uh, this is a weird one. I'm gonna go Will Smith's dog, and I'm Legend. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. So no. sad. That was. Whoa. <laughs> so I can't sad. watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> no, that was like the saddest. Shit yeah. Ever. I wish you guys could see Jacob. I was like choking <laughs> this imaginary joke. Yeah, that shit. That hurt me. Yo, that, hurt. That is. I can't watch that. And again, scene. it's not even like my favorite character. I don't care about that dog. Yeah. Like, like, I don't care about I mean, it. But like, well, once you mention it, yeah, like that, that was. You have to think about that. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you have survived the rap segment. Please let the fanbros know where they can find you online. I'm on Twitter at Jacob Lattimore. Same for Instagram. Um, Snapchat, Janji1996, J A N J I1996. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm on everything. Yeah. I'm a Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, but like whatever. Uh, <laughs> at uh, JG Dillard instead of JD Dillard. JG Dillard, my middle name. All right. Alright, well, <laughs> in case y'all wanted to know. <laughs> it's Gabriel. It's been It's my middle name. Gabriel. My middle name, name. O'Neill. I'm a Capricorn. O'Neal. I'm a Capricorn. Hey. Alright. Thank you, and we'll be right back with more Fan Bros Show. Hey, Fan Bros, this is Jamie Rigetti, managing editor of FanBros.com. We want to hear from you. Send us your article ideas, pitch ideas, or anything else you want to jamie at fanbros.com. Word up. Welcome back, Fan Bros. Hope you're enjoying this episode of Fan Bros Show. Thank you to everyone who subscribes on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on YouTube, anywhere out there at Fan Bros Show. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all those great things. Make sure you're following D Chico Leo at DJ Benamin at Tatiana King to keep up with everyone on here in the spaceship. Place to be. The place to be. Scream Squad, Outlaw Bar, Slam Bros, you know, it's, it's, it's a big, you know, massive movement. And growing. On. And growing. Who knows? What's it's like it's like the stuff. X-Men. They had X-Force. They had the New Mutants. Mm-hmm. They had Uncanny X-Men. Man, what no. other groups do they have? Well, Generation X. I mean, you know, since you were mentioning Gladys X-Men. Night and the Pips. That's right. <laughs> it's now time for Comics <laughs> I Copped. And speaking of X-Men, Chico, as you said, that's funny that you had mentioned them. Because this week, uh, they actually released X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold. So there you go. That is now two more X-Men titles. Now, wait. did you? Is this the X-Men Gold that had, that had uh, some kind of uh, issues in the first issue? Oh, no. I think that was actually Uncanny X-Men that had some time of issues. Uh, okay. So Th- what is the difference between these two? Well, one of them had all, kinds of, one, one of them had all kinds of like 
anti-Semitic, like you oh, know, yeah, like were, messages scrawled in it. Are you and talking like, about like some original joint? Is this like a no? This is an X-Men issue. We actually didn't talk about this because I didn't really want to give more light to the darkness. But um, there was an issue of the X-Men that was released recently by an artist who will probably never work again. Not an American comic. Yeah, not an American. He's an comics. Indonesian dude, and he put all kinds of like Indonesian like. Uh, far, you know, whatever messages, uh, I'm not sure what you call it, far, yeah. far right, far, far left, far, right. far, you know. Yeah. Equivalent uh, or whatever that yeah. could be. Okay. Yeah, the equivalent. He drew them without the editor or the author knowing into the X-Men comic. But that's a big thing that artists do. Artists yes. constantly are drawing in, like, characters in the background. It's like a whole game between artists and editors. So they draw in all these artists, all these characters. Like, they'll put, like, Donald Duck in, in the corner somewhere. Top mm. Farlane would yeah. always put Felix the Cat Right. Over and over again. So this dude put like basically messages that were like scrawled graffiti in in Jakarta, like in Indonesia, but like as a tattoo on Colossus, like in and in one of them, it's like there's graffiti in the background and it's uh, Kitty Pride is standing there. Yeah. And she's Jewish. And it was like a a definitely like some kind of anti-Semitic, you know, whatever. And of course, they're not going to catch that. But someone else did. And actually, G. Willow Wilson did, went on and and actually was on Twitter, really sort of um, tearing him but apart. But back yeah. that one up for a little bit. You said, "Of course, they're not going to catch it." This is Marvel. You're, you have you can't catch stuff editors. that's in a foreign language, language. graffiti no, in a foreign but language. Also, I feel like if you're going to hire that person, you have the burden to learn a little bit more well, about see, that. Do you got to understand though? This is like these are. Well, I understand certain cultural things are no, 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 intrinsic, uh, but skip, how? Skip, skip that. Um, there's an X-Men issue that was published and released, and it features R by, I want to say it's Ethan Van Striver. I hope I pronounced his last name right. Yeah, that's right. But he drew the word sex into every panel in the book. Oh, you mean like kind of covert, very covert. So I mean, these are like racist Easter eggs. Yeah. I mean, he just says mm. sex over and over again in every panel in various ways. Like it might be in the clouds. It might be in the bubbles. It's just in various things. And it, no one noticed it until the book was out. I see. So it's like, you know, these things happen. Like, And so, I mean, of course, Marvel, you know, immediately put out a statement like what this dude, <laughs> is, you know, this dude is never going to work again. So it's just one of those things. It was like... I, I don't know what dude was thinking. Like that was just not the way to get the message out. He was thinking he had a platform. Well, he had a platform, and he probably didn't think that anyone would catch. I don't. Yeah, who knows? Foolishness, foolishness for that man, right? So that has nothing to do with the comics that you copped, and I just added (laughs) five or ten minutes onto this episode. (laughs) There you go. But yeah, X Men Blue and Gold dropped today, and no, they do not feature this. They don't feature anything that I would recommend buying either, though. And um, there was a great article by Brian Hibbs on ComicsBeat.com today that was just so excellent and really just detailed the problems that Marvel is having right now. Because I didn't know this. Marvel is consistently not selling any of their superhero books above 50,000 a a month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. While DC has like 16 books that is over 50,000 a month right now. Marvel is losing readers, and you know they have this big secret empire thing going on that is failing at every level, and it's just being regarded like... Well, who the thunk? Make Captain America a Nazi. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's what the kids want. <laughs> that's going to work out. Right. And, the, and the, what the article points out is that Marvel just has a problem. Like, they don't know how... He's like, they're not judicious. Like, they've got... Eight different Avengers titles we, right we now. We talked about that too. Yeah. Too many events, mm-hmm. too many ongoing long ass events, too many poor stories. To be very clear with you, it's not about the technically the characters themselves. It's about how you situate these characters, and if it's not an interesting story or if it's a story that doesn't make any sense, i.e., 
Nazi Captain America, then you're going to have a problem. And then the other side of it is, this really hurt me when I read it. They said that Black Panther, he said, in my, this guy is a comic store owner. And he's like, in my store, Black Panther was killing it. And then Marvel was like, oh, we're going to do World Wakanda. We're going to do Black Panther and the crew. And he said, as each of those books was announced and came out, the readership of the main Black Panther title fell off. Because he's like, the people who are coming in, it's just like, he's like, we sell 160 copies of Saga every month. We mm-hmm. order 80, we sell 160. He's like, because, and those people are coming in, they want Saga. Now, they might buy another book that features another character, but they don't want Saga Part 2. Right. You know, they want another book that interests them that's dope with an original story, etc. It, et it sounds that, like they're they're self-diluting themselves. They are. They're milk, they're milk Absolutely. It's self-cannibal. Exactly. Well, I guess, yeah. And, and, and I love World of Wakanda. You know, shout out to Ro- you know, Roxanne Gay. Gay for, you know, it's a great book, but... I felt that when Marvel did it, that, oh, you're like The not- timing is off. It's not so much that they are including all this together. It's including all this together. Give that's article, time. That give article- Roxanne someone something else other than a Wakanda book. Absolutely. You know, give her Captain Marvel. Right. You know, and mm. let her write that and let her blow that character up. Don't try and milk the brand right. like that. Well, you know how they, and how they do. I mean, like, they only give Gail Simone books that are, like, female characters. Mm-hmm. Priest originally uh, quit comics because they, they would only give, give him black, black characters, characters to write. Like, they get, you know, and so it's like with, with Roxanne Gay, they'll be like, oh, well, you know, we'll give you another book and that's Wakanda's a black woman. Right, right now. Right. So we'll give you World of Wakanda. But uh, I was going to say, there was something else in that article that I thought was interesting was there was a, some issue with Spider-Man that was $10 a while ago. Yeah. And then basically that Spider-Man fell off. Like people stopped buying Spider-Man buying after $10 that. $10 book? Right. And and apparently the $10 book was whack. And Marvel thought it was a win because yeah. they, they made, you know, they they made three times as much money. Right. But then the guy's like, well, you might have done that then, but in the long term, you lost Right. More if you lose people. 20% of your readers over the course of a year, that's a lot l- more lost than, than the game. three times you made that month. Right. Because you've lost them forever. Right. Mm. Yes. For real. So shout out to Brian Hibbs. Shout out to comicsbeat.com. Go check out that article. Really great article. And real quick in comments that I did cop this week, and you should be too. The Flash uh, continues the series that's going on in DC with this whole Watchmen crossover. I'm not blown away by it just yet, but it's better than Secret Empire so far. So that, you know, I'm not dogging Secret Empire like everyone else is. It's a terrible idea, but the story itself isn't the worst. And I'm trying to let it finish before I, you know, give full judgment on it. But in books, you should cop this week. The new issue of the Hulk is out. Very dope features the Sea-Hulk in a storyline where she's trying to control the raging monster inside of her. It's very ill, like kind of horror, kind of thriller. Mm. Not what you would expect from a Hulk comic book and very dope. Also, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur hits issue 18, which is a celebration in itself mm-hmm. for that book to see 18 issues and still going strong. So make sure you check that out. That means the third trade will be out soon, so you can pick it up and trade. Shouts to Little Miss Flint, who did her own rendition of uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Fire, fire <laughs> too, definitely. And Exo Man of War from Valiant Comics also dropped the second issue of their new storyline, which I'm really liking. It's kind of like Planet Hulk, but featuring Exo, like... Basically, Iron Man being on a planet with full of aliens and definitely an ill story. Okay. Yeah, I'm loving Valiant. You know, everything they publish, you know, right up there with Image is one of my favorite comic companies. And shouts to LYC who keeps recommending Black Monday Murders, and I need to get it because he says it's fire. So I'm going to get on that soon. And that's it for comics I copped. And in some related, uh, a lot of related comic movie news this week, Fox announces three X-Men movies for 2018. Most of which we knew already. Yeah, New Mutants, Deadpool 2, and Dark Phoenix. 
Who's playing Phoenix? Uh, what's her name from Game of Thrones? Oh, that's right. Oh, they're doing a the young one. Um, yeah. Sophie. Sansa Stark. Yeah, Sophie. Sophie. Yeah. Okay. She yeah. was actually especially disappointing in, in, in that X-Men movie. You thought so? Yeah, I actually, yeah. I mean, that, the movie that, as a whole was disappointing, a whole, yeah. but you thought she was especially? Yeah, I yeah. thought she was especially disappointing. Yeah. I didn't. Why are you singled her out, Chico? Because I, I was expecting more from her. I mean, I thought the whole movie was a total disaster. I mean, it's... it's total? I mean, mostly. Yeah. I mean, it, it was really, it was it was problematic. You know what's ironic? So what's ironic is I've now seen all three of the really horrific superhero movies that came out last year. And, and none of the good ones? Well, well no, I, I saw, saw all the good ones, War, too. Yeah. But, but um, so no, I just saw Suicide Squad the other weekend. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, like, Batman vs. Superman is definitely worse than Suicide Squad, yeah. and that X-Men movie is worse than Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, I mean, Suicide Squad is bad. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's it still ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and it also doesn't. It, it knows what it is. Like it's just a popcorn movie. Yeah. It's not trying to beast all deep like. Yeah, Batman. Like versus Batman vs Superman was, and it isn't a total mess like the <laughs> X Men movie know, was. The one that killed me about X Men, and I keep missing this point when I'm watching on cable. But they kill Angel in a plane, right? They do. No, oh, I don't, did they kill him in a plane? Yeah, he dies in a plane crash. Yeah. The, man, the man with wings right. dies in a plane say, crash. Can he fly? I keep, I keep missing it, and away. I saw someone tweet it, so I had to go look so on So you Wikipedia. haven't even seen X-Men Evolution? No, I've seen it, but I, I keep missing that scene. Because I couldn't even scene. remember that. Yeah, I keep yeah. missing that scene, and so I had to look it up on Wikipedia when I saw somebody tweet it, and yes... He dies on a plane crash. And ultimately, if you take Will Smith's performance in Suicide Squad is better than like the ten best performances in the other two movies put together. <laughs> I will say I will say that Jared Leto is the worst Joker, in my opinion. I guess some people liked him, but I I, I wasn't so damn. It's like everyone else has been great. So it's like when you're like right. yeah, it's like you're just a bad joker. It's not, not even right. sure the worst. There's like nobody yeah. To compare you to on that lane, like and and actually worst use of common ever in anything is common is in one scene. I and, disagree. And, that and, Queen Latifah movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get shot. <laughs> Which one are you talking about? The HBO joint? No, I'm talking about the one where he plays a basketball player um, and tries. Oh, him, her in common tries to act. Oh. Wait, you turned the HBO one? The Bessie Smith one is good. No, he's talking about, you said the best. I know what you're talking I can't remember the name of it, but oh. She was great in the Bessie one. No, no, she no. Was. She's fine. She's yeah. fantastic. It ain't even about Latifah right now. No, Latifah's great. That's but all I say on that. After Heath Ledger, why does anybody even attempt the Joker? I, I just think it's so much... You, Jared Leto no seemed like that dude who's yeah, like, exactly. I can do this. That's exactly Did it. I, he strikes me. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I just think it was the wrong approach. <laughs> He's blah, blah, like, blah, blah. He, could, he could pull it off acting chops wise, but that way that particular character was written and the way that, that version was a miss. Well, he's not a dude I'd want to sit next to on a plane. Unless it was United and they were overbooked. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be some smoking in the city. so much that just happened. That was a shade in that one sentence. Listen. Wow. Just Right is the movie that you were referring to. Patty there, Leo. There it is. There it is. Just Right was... Anyway, um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. You didn't even want to revisit that. Yeah, just right was just yeah. that is and that in the weather. The movie. It's, right. it's too easy to finish that sentence. Like I can't do it. And today in weather news, yeah, Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis will return for Glass, the sequel to Unbreakable. And, and yeah, spoilers for those who haven't seen it. Not watching it. I'm not watching it either. But a spoiler for those who haven't seen it. It's a sequel to Split because at the end of Split, Bruce, yeah. 
Split, the movie about the um, split personality. Split personality. I know what you're talking about, so I'm looking at you sideways. Yeah, like, well, what? It, well, this is huge spoilers for everyone who hasn't seen it. At the end of it, it's revealed that it's like they go to this diner and the camera moves over and Bruce Willis, his character from Unbreakable, is reading a paper and looks up and sees the news reports about the guy. And then, you know, he like gets up like, okay. So this is going to be a Shyamalan? Yeah, it's going to be. It's they're all Shyamalan. Yeah. It's basically, no, 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 but it's basically uniting them and yeah. Mr. Glass is returning. And so it's going to be Bruce. This is a Shyamalan idea to unite his own universes? Hey, man. You know, hey, hey. Why do they hey, keep man. giving him opportunities? Uh, mm. The grass is killing me. <laughs> the trees. <laughs> I just need a second. I just, <laughs> uh, everybody, just give me a second. Oh, yeah, but I've heard Split is great. I haven't seen it. I just knew the, you know, spoiler because I didn't care and I just wanted to know what it was all about. And, you know, I'll check this when it comes out. But something I am super hype about and for very weird reasons is Michael B. Jordan and Michael Shannon are going oh, yeah. to star in Fahrenheit 451, oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. which is incredible to me because that book, like, changed my life. Like, that is one of those books that I should not have read as a kid. It just made me look at the world very differently, and it's what's the word prescient? Is that the word? Yes, yes. very much so. Yeah, it, prescient, it, 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 prescient. But yeah. yes, very much it so. It is so like, and that was a problem when I read the book as a kid. I recognized that it was about our time right now, and we have moved even more so into the time of Fahrenheit 451 in our reality. So this movie is right on time, and them casting Michael B. Jordan, you know, as the lead makes it even better. It might add some, you know, the racialness to it because. It has a lot to do with police, our society, television, endless wars that mm. we are never a part of, that we just hear about on the news, illiteracy, ignorance, everything that fake we are, news, fake news, everything we're talking about in America today is part of Fahrenheit 451. So I really hope they get this right because I'm hyped for that. Let me add on for the hypeness. Anika Noni Rose, she has optioned uh. Shadow Shaper, the young adult. What? Yeah. The yeah. young what? adult series from our friend uh. of the show, DJ uh. Older. The circle of trust continues. Yes. She had already optioned Bone Street Rumba series, but now she has jumped on for TV and film options for the Shadow Shaper series. I could not be happier for both of them. My God. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Because that book, I, I got to get the novella because I haven't even got the novella yet, but I, that Shadow Shaper is my joy. Congratulations, DJ Older. Doing it, bid. DJ at the nursing home and now getting his <laughs> joints over wow. here green lit. And speaking of lit, yo, did y'all see the Kingsman 2 trailer? Because that joint looks fire. Yo, I'm obsessed with the Kingsman. Yeah. I, oh, I can't wait. I yeah. Can't wait. So I, I, I can't lie. It looks fire. I'm, I'm going to miss um, Samuel Jackson doing his Russell Simmons impersonation, but... Watch the Kingsman right. again, folks. He is definitely doing Russell. Simmons. Oh, he's definitely doing. Russell. Yeah, he's he doing. He said so himself. He, he did? was doing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so I didn't. I didn't know he that. He said that he based it off of Russell Simmons. That's so great. Like, people were like, Did he? I'm like, he said that verbatim. <laughs> that is so great. Yeah, he it's, thought that shit was hilarious. It is. Oh, Russell thought it was hilarious. No. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Russell thought it was hilarious. Possibly. He should have. But no, Sam L thought that was hilarious. Making so Russell a world dominating evil yeah. genius. Why not? Why so, not? Not too far off course. All right. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. is so much shade this episode. <laughs> it's because Chico's here. Chico. It really is. Oh, God. Welcome back, Chico. Welcome back. Um, DC Entertainment is also launching a digital service in 2018 with a Titan series. 
Listen, wait. Let's back that one up. Oh, oh, I just got so mad at the second part of Why that. Why is Teen... We talked about this on the Fan Bros Show timeline on Twitter. Why is the next Teen Titans... Why is that not on Netflix? Why? We sat Why here... Why is Young Justice not going to be on Netflix, God? We sat here and screamed about this, put every single last breath and sweat I mean, into it, bringing it back, and then you don't bring it back on Netflix, you bring it back to another streaming platform, which we have to pay more money for? That's a whole corporate thing, though. I mean, like... I know, but it's Marvel stupid. made their deal with Netflix, and now DC is going to want to do their own thing, and they're owned by Warner Brothers. It's and stupid, just like how it's stupid to put this non-existent Star Trek show on CBS All Access that right. nobody's going to pay five ninety nine extra for, because at this point, this show is vaporware. It doesn't exist. It's never coming out. Sasha got eaten by zombies for them. nothing. Oh. oh. So I'm guessing you read this article. I, yeah, I read the article, yeah, and I'm, because, I'm, I'm a little bit upset. Yeah, Could you it, tell? I mean, like, you know, in other TV news, it seems that this Star Trek discovery is never going to happen. Listen, Sonequa Green, um, Sonequa Green Martin, she, um, obviously, she, she as Chico <laughs> rightly mentioned, she's done <laughs> on The Walking Dead. She, her, her character was Ain't killed no off. Ain't no coming back from she that. She died her, and walked off. She died. Um, her character was killed off not too long ago, and she was supposed to be fly, riding that high sucks. on the Star Trek Discovery series, which was supposed to be produced by Brian Fuller, or written by Brian Fuller. And produced. And produced, showrun, all that by Brian Fuller. He had... Had moved taken a seat back and moved on. Obviously, American Gods, which will be coming out this Sunday, April 30th. Make sure you live tweet, tweet Use the hashtag us. American Use the hashtag Gods. American Gods, G-A-W-D-S. That being said, all that stuff has been falling apart. Um, this show, Star, uh, Star Trek Discovery, is supposed to be Sneak. What's supposed to be Michelle Yeoh. It's supposed to be a whole bunch of this multicultural... What Star Trek was supposed to be. What Star Trek is supposed to represent. Right. The problem is nothing is happening. It was supposed to <laughs> premiere back in January 2017. That didn't happen. Now when you ask them specifically to their face what happens next, they go, oh, well, there's no timeline. Excuse me? Yeah. So, And the writer's strike is going to actually throw everything. There's an upcoming writer's strike, which is oh, going to happen in like a week. Mm-hmm. And that's going to oh, actually throw a Lord lot Jesus. of shows into total... You know, we uh, never and, seen and then they're again. they're passing the buck around a lot. They're saying, "Oh, this is in CBS All Access control. Like CBS All Access is a is a legit network. Like, <laughs> I am not paying five ninety nine for this. Why would you? Again, Paramount CBS, y'all piss me off with this. As as a Star Trek fan, as a sci fi fan, especially as a fan of someone having a black woman lead in this series, a Star Trek series, y'all piss me off. And then, Just, you, like you said, they killed her off on Walking you know what, Dead though, for nothing. As a step back, though, this is part of the unbundling that's happening. Like, you talked about the layoffs at, at ESPN earlier. So ESPN, out of every... That is the most expensive channel in every cable bundle. Like, basically, everyone who gets a cable package is paying five or six bucks for ESPN, right? Mm-hmm. And so... This 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 is what the future is. The future is is basically everyone paying five dollars for this channel, ten dollars for that channel. You know, whatever. I, 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 fa- I don't think it's gonna work. That's the problem. Okay. I don't think like I don't think this is the future because I don't think it's gonna work. It's just like with Marvel Comics where they think that they can you know keep up this business model and it's gonna work. It's not gonna work. Like the future is Netflix. You know, being the only thing. No, because it's Netflix. It's Hulu. It's, it's Hulu. Hulu. Amazon. It's Amazon. And even there are these specialty things that, you know, Shudder is only $5. If you're a horror fan, the $5 for Shudder is a no-brainer. There's a difference between yeah. specialty and yeah. relegated People get Crunchyroll, you know, who want anime. There, right. There's definitely, like, people will But you're not going to get a for, for Star Trek. 
and Young Justice. You're, you're no, gonna you won't need get more it just that. for Star Trek and yeah. Young Justice. I agree, yeah. but the, say the Sci-Fi Channel goes and it's all Star Trek and it's you know Sci-Fi. You know, like it's it's gonna be that kind of thing. I think yeah, but I still think that. I don't think that's gonna, you know. I think there, there's definitely changes to. I mean, obviously the changes are constant, but I don't think it's like that's to be the set business model just yet because there's no. It's it's, it's, it's figuring itself. Yeah, it's figuring you're right. Itself you're right. Out. It's yeah. figuring itself out, and this is we're in the growing pains. But back to Star Trek. So you're saying instead of representing <laughs> inclusion, you know, like it should. They're representing non-existence. So how ba- about that? So basically, they're representing what Star Trek is doing right now. Thanks, Ben. I mean, you're welcome. And <laughs> it's now time for Chico's pick of the week. Chico. Well, as, as as has been previously mentioned, uh, of course, this uh, Sunday will be uh, American Gods, Woo! and of course, if you haven't seen the uh, the great inter or listened to the great interviews and seen yes, on our YouTube channel, Tatiana herself interviewed the entire cast. That's right, and the creators, Neil Gaiman himself, as well. Everybody, so make sure you're subscribed to youtubecom fanbros. Use that hashtag American. Gods, G A W S, G A W D S. That said, Gods. I still got. Right. I still have my own pick. <laughs> of course you do. Um, Chico so, Leo. So on on Netflix is a documentary, Mafune, the Last Samurai, which is about. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. So it's about Toshiro Mafune, who basically him and. Um, Akira Kurosawa basically made like 30, 40 samurai movies together. When you think of like, you know, I don't know, like uh, Denzel Washington and um, what's Ridley Scott's, but Tony Scott, like they made like six movies together or, you know, um, John Wayne and John Ford. I don't know. There's there's a lot of people. Uh, Wesley Scorsese and yeah, Scorsese and De Niro. Exactly. Scorsese. Yeah. And yeah. and who is Leo DiCaprio? And Leo and now, now, yeah. 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 Although he's there. That's done. That's oh, yeah? over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's officially over. But Word? the next one is going yeah. to be Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan. Right. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the original like one was definitely Toshiro Mifune and nice. um, Akira Kurosawa. And so this is actually about Mifune. There's been a lot. I mean, Kurosawa is considered to be, if not the greatest, one of the greatest directors. He lived to like the age of 100. Some people consider Seven Samurai to be the single greatest movie of all time. Anyway, this is about Mifune, the actor. And it's a really dope documentary. And uh, if you don't believe me, uh, Leo Fairman, who sometimes uh, appears on Scream Squad, the other, the, the other Leo, Leo. Los yes, Leos. yes uh, did did a really great review of this doc uh, for Black Girl Nerds uh, a little while back. Mm-hmm. So you should go check that out. But um, no, it's a really good documentary. Anyone who likes samurai films um, and anyone who likes movies, no. I mean, this guy is like the quintessential movie star. And, he had it all. And Chico Leo, this is Chico's pick of the week. That's right. They're going to like it. That's right. Like, come on, man. That's you right. Know, you don't, How you, could they not? You don't give out whack picks. I don't give out whack picks. No, no. Uh-uh. No. Wave off bad picks. That's Chico Leo. All right. But that's on Netflix one more time. The name that's of right. That? Ne- Netflix. Uh, it's uh, Mafune. The Last Samurai? The, yeah. Is it, is it, yeah. This ain't, this ain't that Tom Cruise joint. No, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. I'm glad they went with The Last Samurai so they could like... like reclaim it. Yeah, yeah, get that Google. Exactly. Get that SEO yeah, going. Get that reclaim SEO backwards. It. It should be. The Last Samurai. Yeah. I'm glad they went with that. Cause, that retroactive uh, SEO. Yeah. Claim that back. Take wow. that back. Oh, no, no, no. All right. Did you talk about Kung Fu George? 
What? Yeah, isn't that like some new? What's the that British director who was briefly married to Madonna at one point? Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Yeah, is oh Guy Ritchie movie no! With like Kung Fu George is a character. Yes, his new um is that the King Arthur joint? Yeah, yeah the, the new King Arthur joint. They put out a poster for it the other day. You know, it's the new King Arthur movie, but it's like trash. And it made me question um Charlie um Humnan. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That dude is. Whatever, he's making man. bad choices. He's been, he made bad. Cho- I don't know. He, I, I'm not a big fan of Sons yeah, of Anarchy. He's, he's not gonna be in Pacific Rim too because he's doing this, and that was a bad choice. The movie uh, looks terrible. It's a yeah. King Arthur flip by Guy Ritchie, and they put out the poster the other day, and they got all the characters. You know, it's like King Arthur, some other white dude, some other white dude, some other white dude. <laughs> Kung Fu George. Yeah, Kung Fu George. It's the Asian character's name. Yes. I'm not even going to touch it. They got ripped on Twitter and took the poster down. Not even going to touch it. The, so you, once you again, should know better yeah, by now. You know, yeah, you should if you have know. a Twitter account, you should know better Yeah, you now, should know right. better. Not. Kung Fu George. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you should be watching, like we said before, you know, after you beat Mifune the Last Samurai, is American Gods this Sunday. April 30th. On we Stars are doing a live tweet with Black Girl Nerds and everybody else who wants to join in. Use the hashtag American Gods, G-A-W-D-S, in order to join into our conversation. As Ben Amin said, make sure you head up Fanbros TV and the Loudspeakers Network account to see the interviews, the TV interviews I had done with the entire cast. There's also audio that you guys have been hearing throughout all the different shows. If you guys have questions uh, to the cast or to us about what we talk to the cast about, hit us up, contact at fanbros.com. As we said at the top of the show, if you want to join the Fanbros family, hit us up, contact at fanbros.com. If you want to write, paint, draw, produce, direct, whatever, bring it on home. And as always, if you want exclusive dope shit, Go to LootCrate.com slash Fanbros. Use the code Fanbros to get a discount on your Loot Crate box. Word up. And as always, make sure you go to TheWorldIsYoursBook.com. Pick up a copy of my children's book, The World Is Yours. It's a rhyming poem book that I wrote with art by my boy Marcus Aline. Both Very of good us book. Howard University alumni. Yeah. Thank you, Tatiana. And it's a book that will encourage a child to live their best life. So, you know, help out your children, your friends' children, your family, <laughs> anybody out there, libraries, schools, buy one, donate it, give it away. You know, let's raise the next generation up with some light and knowledge in their life. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs>